So today is uh, Palm Sunday. It's the start of what we call Holy Week. This is the most important time in the Christian calendar when we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. But before I go there, how are you doing? One more week uh, cooped up mostly at home. Are, are, are the kids driving you nuts? Is working at home driving you or who you live with a, a little bit nuts? How's work? How's it going for you? Is it a little rough for you? Wherever you're at, we're praying for you. We're praying for your health. We're praying for your provision. We're praying for your employment. We're praying for your sanity. As a staff team, we've set aside three times a week to be praying for you. And then personally, we're each praying for you throughout the week. And friends, this will pass. Remember, our God is with us. Now today on this Palm Sunday, we're going to look a little bit more forward at a Good Friday than we will be on Palm Sunday, but we're going to kind of string it all together and we'll focus a little bit on the death of Jesus and we're going to talk about how Easter is the death of death. Let me say that again. It's a phrase I kind of want you to hang on to. Easter is the death of death. And it might be, you know, I thought it might be a little tense to talk about death in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic. As I write this message, uh, various levels of government are holding back on telling Canadians what their projections are for COVID-19. And it does feel a little bit ominous, but hang in there. What I have for you today is, uh, is good news. It's a message of hope. It's a message of Easter hope. It's all about Easter being the death uh, of death. So... As we uh, do this, I, I want to bring us through a series of scriptures, maybe string several of them together that kind of tell the Easter story together, kind of link Holy Week together. We'll look at Palm Sunday and, and read how the triumph of King Jesus turned into the darkness of Good Friday. Uh, then we'll read how the darkness of Good Friday became the victory of Easter Sunday when Jesus rose again and, and brought death to death, that Easter is the death of death. Okay. Well, we'll start with Apostle Matthew's description of uh, Palm Sunday. Uh, he writes, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Friends, Jesus entered Jerusalem. I mean, a hero. The crowds, they loved him. He was the miracle worker, the prophet, maybe even the guy who would overthrow the tyrannical uh, Roman occupiers of their land. But Jesus didn't come to Jerusalem to be crowned an earthly king. He did not come to be a political deliverer. Jesus came to die. Jesus came knowing what would happen in less than five days. Jesus knew that the same crowd that was shouting Hosanna would be soon shouting, crucify him, crucify him. He came to die a death that would totally change you, me, and millions, really billions of followers of Jesus throughout history. He came to make it possible for this planet to be changed and, and redeemed into what one day will be a perfect new world. Friends, a new world is coming. Palm Sunday was a day of celebration, but then came Good Friday. Let's read what the Apostle Mark writes as we see Jesus lifted up and hanging on the cross of crucifixion. At noon, 
Darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on the staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Jesus, the son of God, the second person of the triune God died. And he was buried, sealed in a tomb, guarded by Roman centurions. But let's go to the apostle Luke and read what happened next. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took some spices they prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with her faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners and be crucified on the third day uh, to be raised again. And then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. But they... No, they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. What happened? Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. What happened? Jesus conquered death. Oh, what happened? Jesus brought death to death. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection, you and I, we can experience life, life now and life forever. Yes, even a flourishing life in the middle of this mess of COVID-19 and a crashing oil economy, Easter is all about the death of death and Easter is all about life. Life that we can experience right now to the full and life forever. And that's why I so love uh, Holy Week and Easter because it's all about defying death. It's all about the power that defies things that lead to death in our lives today. It's all about the power that defies death forever come eternity. I love Easter because it's all about the death of death right now and forever. And who doesn't want to stare down death and win, right? There's something deep inside of every human being with this sense that death is wrong, that, that we ought to be able to overcome death. And I'm not just talking when your physical life finally gets snuffed out in the end, but yeah, that too. But I'm also talking about everything in our world that leads to death. I'm, I'm talking about addictions, personal depression, crime, war, COVID-19, the collapse of oil prices, and on and on. There is something deep in us that just wants to push back on it all, destroy it at its core, and experience life to full now and life forever. Don't you want to experience life to the full right now? Like right in the middle of the mess we're in? I sure do. 
We want to push back against all that is wrong in this world. We, we want to break through to the other side, to life. We, too, want to totally defy death, not just physically, but in every way that it robs us of life, even now, robs us of life to the full. Let me uh, try to illustrate this drive in us to push back on death. Uh, I think that this drive to push back death is one of the reasons why so many guys, and a lot of girls, too, really get pumped up about paintball and, and, and airsoft. It's not the only reason, but it's a reason. There's a side to how we're wired as human beings where anything that has a little bit of danger and pain associated with it, where if we put ourselves a, a little bit at risk of being hurt, it appeals to some of us. That might not be all of us, but a lot of us. And it's when we can absorb those multiple shots from a paintball marker and prevail. But it's even as we're about to get hit, before we get hit, and we're able to take the other guy out, and that is so sweet. I remember a paintball game with a well-guarded flag, but I saw this opening and I went for it. Uh, on the other team, one of the guys who happened to be dating my daughter at the time, uh, he saw a really risky way to uh, take me out and prevent me from getting the flag. And he literally leapt into the air, did a gymnastic roll onto the ground, got behind me with his gun blazing, and he managed to land multiple shots on me to take me out. Shortly after that, he was no longer dating my daughter. I'm not saying they're related, but wow. That roll onto the hard ground had to hurt him a whole lot more than even those shots that I received. Maybe what I'm talking about is more stereotypical of guys than girls, but you see this in women too, and it's this sense of defying death when we prevail on the paintball field or, or really any sport. It's the popularity of jiu-jitsu, UFC, and various other combative sports, or a death-defying jump on a dirt bike, or a deadly quarterback sack on the football field. It's the popularity of a movie a few years back. Remember The Hunger Games? Where since The Hunger Games came out, the popularity of archery has just skyrocketed, especially among girls. For so many, there's a side to us where we all want to be superheroes defying death. But there's an ugly reality behind all of this, and that is that death, death is real. And it just sucks when death reels its, you know, shows its ugly head. Whether it's a parent taken by cancer or a friend by COVID-19, a, a neighbor who loses their life on Highway 63, or a plane full of innocent passengers taken down by a terrorist. There's the ugliness still of ISIS, Boko Haram, and terrorism worldwide. What I want us to understand is that this drive in us to defy death, this is a drive that comes out of what it means to be human. We have this drive. It's, it's planted in us by God. So that when this drive is correctly understood, this drive leads us to the one, it leads us to Jesus who conquered death. And that's what this Holy Week is all about. It's about the death of death. It's all about what to do with this drive in us to see death defeated. The story of the death of death starts with a very, very gruesome death. It starts with Jesus, who was part of the triune God, who, who entered into this world in a, a mission to conquer death once for all. But to conquer death, there had to be a death. And it was one brutal, bloody, violent death. On this Friday, before Resurrection Sunday, Jesus, who was born for this person, 
Jesus was nailed to a Roman cross, uh, crucified and left to hang and slowly die a, a horrible, excruciatingly painful death. Uh, on that Friday that we call Good Friday, there he is, a bloody mess as the life drains right out of him, hanging between two common thieves on crosses of their own. Imagine if you were one of Jesus' followers at that time. Uh, imagine your shock, your horror, your, your confusion and bewilderment at the brutal ending of the life of the guy who you'd just given everything up for, right, to follow him. I mean, you gave up businesses, homes, families. You, you gave it all up, and now he's dead. And as you've watched him die, you've just watched one of the most brutal things that a human being can ever watch. And the dream is done. Gone. And life is just like unraveling before you. And hey, I get it. Some of you kind of feel that way right now, right? Okay, again, move back into imagination as one of Jesus' followers. You sit there with that sense of inner darkness you're confused, discouraged, uh, disillusioned, defeated as wave after wave of grief just washes over you, leading you into a dark depression. But then, in just three days, everything, everything changes. This same Jesus who had been so brutally put to death, he overcomes death and he comes back to life. Then Jesus goes, knocks on the door of the home where most of his followers are hanging out together, consoling each other in their grief and their despondency. But because of this encounter with the risen Jesus, they are never the same. They're flooded to overpowering with that promised life, uh, with all of its joy, passion, and, and intensity. Those who were once cowards, they're now full of courage. Those who were defeated are now daring. Those who had lost that sense of meaning in life found purpose and passion that they became willing to die for. Now they're full of boldness, convinced that they can change the world, and, and they do. They are now ready and willing to defy death. And the stories of each of their lives was a story of a no-fear life, a life lived with passion, a, a life lived with conviction that Bad circumstances and physical death was not the end. Their stories are of lives that God used to change people's lives wherever they went, no matter how awful the circumstances. And in the process, they changed history right up to today. This Holy Week. You know, I can look over this online church family, this Fort City family I'm a part of, and I can look at church families all over the city and point to people all over the world who are gripped by the same Easter reality that Jesus does turn mourning into dancing. He does turn darkness into light. He does turn lives gripped by defeat, disillusionment, and depression into people who are fully alive, experiencing a vibrant and purpose to life that changes our world for the better and brings glory and joy to our creator God, even in the midst of circumstances such as we're in. Yeah, even in the midst of COVID-19, even in the midst of a crumbling oil economy, all over this church, all over this city, all over this world are people gripped by Jesus who on Easter Sunday conquered and brought the death of death. Today, on Palm Sunday, I get it. We're struggling a bit to feel joy and to feel full of celebration. We, most of us, like, I think we really feel like we're in the middle of Good Friday. 
It's dark. The sin and the mess of the world is closing in on us. Our very movements are restricted. Our jobs are threatened, and for some of us, they're already done. Many of us, we just can't see the light right now. But I got to tell you, Sunday, Sunday is coming. You, you might feel like you're buried in darkness, fear, your overwhelmed life is under control. But friends, Sunday, Sunday is coming. Resurrection Sunday is coming. The same God who, who rose Jesus from the dead is alive in every one of us. Every one of us who has made a connection to Jesus, who's invited him into our lives. And he will make a way for us to get through this. Here's what the Apostle Paul wants us to understand. But Christ lives in you. So you are alive because God has accepted you, even though your bodies must die because of your sins. Yet God raised Jesus to life. God's Spirit now lives in you, and he will raise you to life by his Spirit. And Paul... The Apostle Paul is talking about the fact that you are alive now. Not just come eternity. That the resurrection life of Jesus is in you now. You can live now knowing that Jesus has brought death to death so that you can have life now. And with Jesus pouring his life into us, he will make a way for us. Sure, because of sin, our bodies are weak and they will die. Because we live in a sinful, broken Sin-wracked world, diseases like COVID-19 can do a lot of damage. But even in the middle of a sin-wrecked COVID-19 world, we can live. We can live with resurrection power. We can live and love like Jesus. We can get through this mess. Because Jesus is alive, we can get through this mess. And not just get through this mess, but live well and flourish. This is how Jesus describes it. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Friends, that's a promise from Jesus. In a world full of death and destruction, Jesus gives us life and life to the full. Why? Because he brought death to death. Easter is the death of death. Why? Because the same Jesus who was risen from the dead is giving life and life to the full to every one of us who keeps our eyes focused on him and ask him, seek him to keep us filled with his Holy Spirit. Friends, you're going to make it. That's what this week is all about. You're going to make it. Jesus will make a way for us. Jesus who brought death to death. And in its place, he will give life to everyone who will receive that gift. Life that will get us through this mess. Life that will allow us not just to get through it, but to flourish and then live forever with Jesus in eternity. Do you want that life? Will you let Jesus fill you with the spirit of life? Will you invite Jesus to come into your life for the very first time or, or just invite him to fill you anew with his life-giving, life-transforming Holy Spirit? Let's pray and, and ask him to do that and Take the words that I pray and, and maybe just pray them in your own way and kind of make this your own personal prayer. Just pray along with me and, and make this your personal prayer. Will you do that? Let's pray together. Father God, today I come to you a bit confused, a bit fearful, a little bit frustrated by what life looks like right now and how long this might continue. I, I'm fearful for people I know who are sick, 
I'm not sure how we're going to make it with what's happening at my work. I need you. Oh, God, how I need you. Just tell them that. So today I invite you who brought death to death to bring life to my mortal body. Flood me, flood me, fill me with your life-giving Holy Spirit. Help me in the midst of my dark Good Friday experience to see the light of Easter. More than that, I I ask you to help me experience your life-giving resurrection power in my circumstances even now. And help me to worship you and help me to serve you. Help me to serve others in the midst of all that is going on. Use me even in the middle of my own mess to be a blessing to others, to bring your life to others. And hey, maybe this idea that you could have the life of Jesus empowering you to live today in a new way, in a powerful way, is a new thought to you, or maybe you've just never invited Jesus to come into your life. You've never made that personal commitment to follow Jesus. You've heard about it, but you've just not done it. Friends, you don't want to go through this without him, right? So why don't you invite him, maybe for the first time, to come into your life, So would you pray this with me as well? Jesus, I need you. I I need you to come into my life with your life-giving presence. I'm sorry that I haven't come to you earlier. I'm sorry for the things that kind of have gotten between me and you. Forgive me. And today I make a commitment to follow you and to do that with the rest of my life with you leading me. Yes, God, would you lead me? Help me. Change me so that I can be used by you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before Lucas and the team come and lead us in a final song of declaration and worship, if you prayed that prayer of commitment with me, uh, would you message me or, or message Fort City and let us pray for you about this new commitment you've made? If I can pray for you or anyone for any purpose at all, or if our team, our prayer team can pray for you, would you message me or message Fort City? And if you're new to Fort City, you've probably heard this before, but why not message us and say, hey, I'm new. And don't forget, Easter is the death of death.